Hello and welcome to the Comics Matter Podcast. My name is Jesse Peterson. I will be your host of this podcast. Uh, The Comics Matter Podcast is a podcast about comic books in any shape and size, any way they come to you, and about the comic books that impact our lives as the readers. Um, I decided that the world is messy right now and that everything is stressful and my anxiety is through the roof and everything is just tough but my one saving grace with a few other things with friends but my one real saving grace literature wise is comic books i explore them i've been exploring them since i was a kid um and they have changed my life multiple times and so i wanted to take this format of podcasting and talk about like issues characters storylines just moments that really changed my life and other people's lives so with that um content warning for this episode in particular um i want to talk about death in this episode so if you're not ready to talk about death or hear about death just wait until you're ready another housekeeping thing um if you guys are already subscribed to my last thing i tried you'll see this in your feed that thing's gone it's dead i realize there's plenty of comic book uh podcasts that talk about news so i'm not going to talk about the news i really just want to talk about how comics change people's lives that's really what my passion is all of a sudden and another way this came about was with the comic book review website question mark i was running before with the other podcast and i realized I was killing the thing I love trying to critique it all the time. And what I really wanted to do there was write critical essays about how comics impacted me. But me trying to write those essays also proved difficult because I'm just not good writing those words. I'm good at writing fiction, but not essays. And I should have learned that when I was in college. But um, I'm good at talking about them. I'm good at talking about them with friends. It's a little weird that I'm talking to myself, but I'm trying to think about it as talking to you guys, the audience, whoever decides to listen to this. And hopefully this brings some kind of joy or positivity or some kind of connection to your life to realize that you're not so alone in this big world that there's people who feel the same way you do so about the comic book that i'm going to talk about today um keep trying to keep this episode a little shorter i don't know i honestly don't know what the lengths of these are going to be because it's the first time of me ever doing this but i'm going to just do what i can with this episode and I'm going to talk about two specific issues. And one of those issues we're probably going to come back to because there's more parts of it that I want to talk about. But in particular, we're going to talk about Countdown to Infinite Crisis, an 80-page giant that came out in... Where is the date of this? Oh, gosh. The date is not on the cover. I am losing my mind. Let me look up that date real fast. Uh, came out in 2005 so somewhere in the year 2005 it was the beginning of the end in some might say um but it was the beginning may to may 2005 it was the beginning of the infinite crisis crossover for dc comics it was the start of the trickle down effect that would become infinite crisis huge event maybe someone will want to talk about that one later i uh, but this issue particularly impacted me when i was a kid in 2005 i was let me do the math. 11. So I read this when I was 11 years old. And there's a huge moment in the book that as an 11-year-old I never experienced before. But the other book I want to talk about came out 11 years later. So another uh, 11 years for that. Um, DC Universe Rebirth. And if anybody has read both these issues, they kind of know why I'm talking about them together. But no spoilers yet. We're going to talk about Countdown to Infinite Crisis first. So Countdown to Infinite Crisis is an 80-page issue that is just one long mystery that Blue Beetle is trying to investigate. 
He knows there's something up. He knows someone's planning something, and no one will listen to him. He's tried Batman. Batman's blown him off. He's tried Wonder Woman. She believes him, but everybody thinks Wonder Woman believes everybody. Hal Jordan's blown him off. Superman's blown him off. Martian Manhunter's blown him off. Um, at first, Booster Gold, his best friend, blew him off, and then he tried to help and got injured. And it all boils down to a huge conspiracy that Blue Beetle uncovers, and it turns out that Max Lord. Someone who he thought as a mentor, in a lot of ways, was trying to stop the superhumans. He was trying to say, why do they, we need to stop them. They shouldn't have all this power. We can stop them. Join me, Blue Beetle. And here comes the death part. Blue says, no, screw you, Maxwell Lord. And Maxwell Lord kills him, shoots him right in the head. It's kind of graphic, uh, especially for a book that is probably rated T, honestly. And that's how the book ends. It ends with Blue Beetle, this iconic character, Ted Kor, just dead and no one knows that he has been murdered like this yet and everybody who he's asked for help has abandoned him and the one person he thought he saw as like a leader betrayed him and it's really heavy and it's really heavy for 11 year old to read the thing is i didn't pick up on a lot of those things as 11 year old i picked up only on one and that is the death of a superhero and it was probably i i cannot remember a death of a superhero that i've experienced before this um, and it was it was huge. It was impactful. At least, I mean, this is what this is a podcast is about. It's about impacts of comics in our lives. And see, this is the thing because these stories are real. They they are true to me because they changed me. So I might have some difficulties talking. So I'll cut out the pauses, but we'll leave some of this in. But with Blue Beetle dying, one thing is like, I didn't know Blue Beetle that well. I was just like, oh, Blue Beetle, he's a cool costume. He looks kind of like Batman. Uh, I know Bat. I've been a huge Batman fan since I was like one years old. Like I have images of me as Batman, or not as Batman, but like in Batman Cure on my first birthday, like I loved Batman. Um, so any character adjacent to Batman, I always tended to love, especially the goofy ones. Like Blue Beetle was goofy, so I enjoyed him. But I didn't grow up with him. I wasn't, um, he wasn't my favorite hero. He wasn't, um, the biggest hero ever. Like, I think my second favorite hero at the time was Spider-Man, probably. And my first, my third one was probably, like, Green Lantern or something. So Blue Beetle, pretty down far on the list. He's different in the rankings now, but then he was back down on the list. And so, I was just jazzed to read a story. And I'm reading it. And I didn't pick up really on the abandonment parts. I didn't pick up on the betrayal parts. I just like, oh, this is a cool mystery as a 11-year-old. And then it gets to the last few pages. And I see this hero, someone that I have been told in every comic book up to this point. Because I didn't read a lot of the dark stuff. But most of the general stuff. At every comic book up to this point. That these heroes succeed. They win. They can't be beaten. They win. They beat, they beat the evil. And now I've just seen a hero get shot in the head and die. As an 11 year old. And something else at the same time that I didn't know I was dealing with. But I still deal with to this day is how I deal with death in general. And I have a hard time in my life dealing with death. Um, I've been known not to cry at funerals because I can't process those emotions. And one of my biggest fears, other than how to die, is dying itself. I get in panic attacks, I get anxiety attacks, just thinking about people I love and care about, or myself dying. And I didn't know this until a few years ago. I kind of probably suspected it in the subconscious of my brain, but I didn't really like acknowledge it and face it up front. 
And I, as an 11-year-old, I still had this issue. I believe at that point my grandfather had passed away, and my mom told me how I acted then, and it was very cold and not reacting to it. Um, and so you read this, and I remember, my dad could remember this differently, but I remember reading Blue Beetle getting shot, and I lose it. I start crying. It's like, they killed him. They killed a hero. And I've always been able to connect to fictional characters in a raw and emotional way that I've never been able to connect really with people I care about in a lot of ways, which is weird. But I don't know what that connection is. But Blue Beetle is one of the first, and it wasn't be the last, that I cried over tragedy happening to. And it stuck with me. I've always thought about this issue. Whenever a character dies, I think about the death of Blue Beetle. I think about how... The older I get to, I, I added in all those other aspects. By the time I'm now, when I see a character die, I think about Blue's death, and I'm like, he was alone. There was no one there. Everybody rejected him as a lunatic at that point. He had no money. He had lost all of his wealth from Maxwell Lord. And then the person he looked up to the highest ever destroyed him. And now as an adult... <sighs> I get I get fear of abandonment. I get fear that my legacy, whatever that might be, would be ruined for no reason at all. I fear that the people I trust the most might turn on me. And it's something that, again, comics portray in a more bombastic and ex exuberant ways. But you connect with them because they do it. They don't shy away from them. They push you into those feelings. They shove them in your faces. So you have to deal with them in a lot of ways. So for 11 years, I had to live with the death of Ted Cord as the Blue Beetle. But there's other aspects of Blue Beetle's death that came from this, like Jaime Reyes as the next Blue Beetle. Huge deal. I know a lot of people still kind of have mixed feelings about Jaime, but he was a di one, he was a different Blue Beetle. He had different powers. They really went into the, the lore of the Scarab, which everybody was kind of interested in. But he was a character for a new generation. He represented a um, minority that wasn't represented really that well. And he was cool. Like, I grew up watching him in cartoons. He was in Batman Brave and the Bold. He was in Young Justice. He was cool in those cartoons. So that representation came from the death of a hero. That's important. That's impactful to other people. And we need to let our heroes grow into other roles for other people at sometimes, especially the older ones. But not only that, we got him back in other ways. There was the Booster Gold uh, series where he went back in time and tried to save Blue. He tried to save Ted, his best friend. And you got those emotional hooks. You got those beats where he realized he couldn't change that 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 uh, that tragedy because it it changed everything when that happened, and he needed to let it happen. You had them dealing with uh, Ted Kord's death in Blackest Night. That's a whole other can of worms that I can't go into, but it was huge for that impactful moment. So in the 11 years of Ted Kord's death, there were moments of that death spreading out, but creating good emotional hooks for other people. But for me, I was still left with a dead Blue Beetle. Until 2006, where Jeff Johns, who I should, I should note, wrote Countdown, to Infinite Crisis. Jeff Johns wrote that one with uh, a few other people. I think uh, Greg Rucka, Judd Winnick, and Dandy Dio. But Jeff Johns is like, you know what, guys? I gotta set a lot of things straight. And so he wrote DC Universe Rebirth number one in July of 2016. 
So it was actually, yeah, no, it was 11 years, 11 years between the two issues. And, and we will probably touch back on DC Universe Rebirth because it does a lot of things that I think really impacted people. And there's one huge one that's throughout the whole story that might impact a few like specific people. But right in the middle of everything, all these great moments, there's just uh, like a four-page instance. And yeah, I turn the page after dealing with some, uh, um, some Adam stuff. And you turn the page and you get the first panel of Jaime Reyes saying this feels wrong Mr. Cord and then the next panel is the beetle blue beetle's big old machine that like he works out of and then you see Ted Cord and all of his glory and then you see him training Jaime like you are gonna be the blue beetle I'm gonna be your mentor and then you see Dr. Fate talk to him you see him smiling it's just it's joyous and I, I remember reading that part rushing into my combo collection pulling out uh countdown to infinite crisis pulling them side by side the death of blue beetle the resurrection of ted cord blue beetle and i looked at both of them i go 11 years 11 years i get blue beetle back and i took pictures of both pages i posted them on facebook i think at the time and i said took you 11 years but thank you jeff johns for fixing your only mistake <laughs> or something along the lines like that but i basically said thank you for fixing your mistake not that killing Blue Beetle was a mistake, and really, it was a really smart choice. But it left a hole in that 11-year-old's head that I didn't realize I had for the longest time. And then in Rebirth, the hole was fixed. My well, a hero that I lost was back, and he was back in a, the same charming way. And he wasn't he wasn't replacing Jaime as Blue Beetle. He was filling up that leadership role, one that won't be portrayed maybe um and i kind of lost i fell off the blue beetle rebirth stuff mostly for financial reasons not because it was terrible but i was so happy to see dad Gore back and it was a joy that it was one of the, my favorite moments of rebirth and there's a lot of cool things as a comic fan of rebirth so yeah that's the story of how these two books two at two, a beginning and an end of the same story and all the middle things that happened impacted me and Again, trying to keep this episode a little shorter. There, are, <laughs> I know that I'm going to bring up books that are going to be just way more complex than this. I have all of Tom King's collection and a bunch of Neil Gaiman's comics and just a ton of other stuff that I will bring up. And it's going to take a lot more to dissect them. But these, this is the first one I thought I should talk about because it was the first time. Well, let me rephrase that. It was the second time in my comic book collecting history that the comic book changed me. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the first episode, guys. Hope you enjoy it. If you did, leave a review wherever you found it, please. You can follow uh, the podcast at... Let me look it up. Hold on. I should really have this up and running, but I don't. Do, do, do. What's called Comics Matter Pod on Twitter. I don't have anything else at the moment. We'll make other things eventually. But it's C-O-M-I-C-S-M-A-T-T-E-R-P-O-D on Twitter. I have my DMs open. You can always message me on there. If you have a creator you want on here, tag them. That would be great because I don't know how to reach them yet. Um, I'm mostly working on my friends at this moment. And then maybe trying to reach other creators. This just builds momentum. Um, a way to help is just spread the word right now. I want to do a Patreon. I haven't set it up yet, but when I do, it's probably going to be a dollar tier. And you'll get my uh, thanks at the end of the month and a one long me reading off lists of names. And then eventually as things go bigger, maybe I could do raffles of these books that have impacted us and give them to one of you guys. So you can read that impact. 
Um, but other than that, a few more things of housekeeping. The uh, theme song is done by, I should have that up to, um, uh, David Setza, I believe. Setsi? Uh, I'm pronouncing the name wrong, but it's his song. I got it from uh, freemusicarchive.com. And the song is called Joy in the Restaurant. It's a really nice piece that fit the tone. Uh, the logo art is by my friend Steven. Um, he's great. He has nothing to promote other than being a great guy. So if you ever if you ever someone meet Steven or if he has something to promote eventually, tell him that he's a great guy and the logo looks great. Um, but yeah, other than that, thank you for listening to this first rambling episode. I hope to do many more. See you in the funny pages.